I've shared this question with you before, but here we go again. Why have people left the practice of the faith by droves? They're gone. Why are a majority of the people on parish rosters, they're not here. They're not showing up. They're not here today. Last week, we talked about Mary, the mother of God, and when she got the news and she received Jesus into her womb, that she held him with a love beyond all telling. Doesn't mean that she couldn't talk about it, but it was uh, what, what the experience was, was infinitely greater always than any words that we could give to God. We can know him more and more, but not reduce him to a definition or just capture him and put God in a box. If I would only give one line of wisdom, it would be this. For a, a New Year's revolution, pray together as families. Do it together. That's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sharing life together. And that's what we're created for, to share this together. Not kind of on my own little trip to Jesus, uh, regardless of others, but very much together. And I think that's what the purpose that God has families for, is to do that together. We talked about John Paul II and his father last week, that they were praying together as he grew up and he remembered his father's prayer. I see that daily mass, I see it at mass today. Mother and father with their children, with their son or daughter praying is most beautiful. It's most wonderful that you're here today. Last week uh, in Friday's bulletin, last week I preached about it, but in Friday's bulletin I put it in there, seven ways to pray together. And those are just suggestions. That's just the beginning. There's a million and one ways to pray together. The point is just to do it, just to come before God and put God's lordship and his goodness over us in that and to do that with each other. John Paul in his last play described fatherhood as being conquered by love. And that's the king that we want to be conquered by. Not anything else, not anyone else. And let the king determine what the kingdom is. And what is that? Flourishing and fascinating. Endless, endlessly. The gospel is overwhelming and endlessly fascinating. In Luke chapter 1, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you will bear the Son of God, the Christ, said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Just keep praying that. Come, Holy Spirit, overpower me. Conquer me in the love and the kingdom of God. Praying that down into our soul. That's where we want to get, to experience the endless flourishing and fascination of God. Connection, connection, connection. A lot of times we know parents are, we're connected to our children. Do anything for them. But we must remember that those are, our children are gifts but they're not the gift giver. So we can end up short in saying, yes, I will do anything for my children. But all of our children, all of us, we need the gift giver, the one that can bring us into his endless life. And what's the whole purpose of Jesus? Bringing humanity back to divinity, that we've lost that. We've lost that in ways, shapes, and form that uh, God has for us. I think this has been really helpful. It's been working on me the last uh, month or so about prayer. And 
a lot of times it's difficult. It's difficult to feel like, how can I connect with the Lord in prayer? I think Catholics were taught to say our prayers. So we say our prayers. We learn the Our Father. We learn the Hail Mary. We learn the act of contrition. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee. And that's kind of like the focus of it. Well, it's not bad to learn memorized prayers, but we're not taught how to pray. We're taught how to repeat. And a lot of times that can lead to just this, this emptiness and empty handedness in prayer versus a 24 hour love connection and interchange with the Lord, which is what he would have for us. St. Paul says, pray unceasingly. And how do we get to that point where it's this ongoing and it's just not a kind of a repeating thing? It's the difference between praying at someone and praying with someone. It's a big difference. Do we pray at someone or with someone? Do we have a relationship at, with some, at someone, just concerned about ourselves or with someone, hoping the best and praying and working the best for that others? If it's just at someone, then Christ is null. He's void. He's mute. He's ineffectual. When praying at someone, uh, then he has no authority operations or activity in us. But that's the point, is to give him authority, operations, and activity in us. Points transformation to be changed. But a lot of times, Jesus might not even be part of the equation. So we can pray, are we praying at or with someone, and how are we praying? Are we praying with the heart and not just memorize prayers? So I'm going to go a little personal on you right here, okay? To pray with the heart, what does that mean? I feel like a lot of times a failure in love and outreach as a pastor. So I have to bring that before the Lord and say, ah, I feel like you could be doing so much better and so much more. Or here's another thing that I've been having to pray in my heart lately, just disappointments, disappointments with friends, and disappointments with families and family. Giving a voice to that and naming that to what you are feeling and experiencing. Again, as I shared with you before, if you ask most people what they're feeling, they have no idea. So how can we pray with an open heart, pray with the heart, if we don't even know what's going on inside of us, what we're feeling? Up here, we have... God's open hands. So we can ask as we come before God today, what are we not giving him? The wandering, the shame, the ugly, the heartbreak. If we are just saying our prayers, we might not be honest and vulnerable and only allowing God to go to a certain place, a certain depth in us, but remaining at a superficial level. And then we ask, why are people <laughs> leaving? Because it's not deep. It's not heart. It's not connected. You know what's a beautiful thing here? Is when I see you and your relationships, that just thrills this pastor's heart. Because you're connected to each other in the friendship, the very friendship of Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about. Are we keeping God at a distance in our prayers? Are we not in granting him access to whatever that is? 
Is he relegated to the side? Is he put at bay? Is Jesus in our prayer? Let's be honest and ask the question. But even more so, is he the center of our prayer? I've shared this with you before, what I felt like God gave me about 20 years ago. Prayer is not a selfish monologue, but a God-centered dialogue. What, what does God have for us in prayer instead of just asking, asking, asking for our needs? On December 26th, we celebrated St. Stephen, first martyr of the church, deacon and martyr. And what did he pray as he was being stoned to death? Into your hands I commend my spirit. And God's open hands wait for us. And we can think about the Magi in that same way, that they came and the, the newborn king of the Jews was waiting for them to say those same words and to give them to give Jesus their hearts. Sometimes my self-gift is incomplete. I'll give some of myself to God, but I'll decide how much and when. You know, when we prepare for Christmas, we want to give the perfect gift, or maybe on a birthday, we want great gifts, and that's a show of our love, and that's beautiful. But our perfect gift to God is our imperfect selves. Perfect gift to God is in our imperfect selves. And it's not so much to open my hands to him, but his open hands to receive us, all of us. Not asking so much Jesus to become part of my life, one with us, but praying that we will be one with him as he reaches out. Just quickly, I want to talk about two adorations. We have adoration every Mass we celebrate after the double consecration of the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus. And the purpose of that is not to pray at Jesus, but to be with him and to receive from him as we put everything into his hands. And then we have the adoration chapel across the parking lot. To come as you are, to open your heart with your upset, your questioning, your joy, your thanksgiving. But it's important, again, to be specific in naming and hand your heart over to him. Be honest. God cannot ever bless a lying heart. He can't bless a dishonest heart. Just three quick attitudes for prayer. Humility. We're a creature before the creator. St. Augustine said that man is a beggar before God. And don't we know that as we've lived this life? Second, humility and then trust. Trust in his sheer goodness that he will only give us what is good for us to fulfill us and complete us. And then perseverance. Is there ever a day you're not tempted away? Is there ever a day that you're not tempted away from God? in his sheer goodness. Building your house on his word and the sacrament, I guarantee you, if we come with this humility and trust in his sheer goodness, just maybe one more mass a week, everything that is good will be given to us on all levels. Wisdom, goodness, patience, faithfulness, it will happen probably imperceptibly, but you will know at the deepest core that it's happening. 
that we will make sacrifices for that. The Magi, maybe 500, 1,000 miles, and we're invited to that same journey before the newborn king of the Jews. Also, remember, prayer only changes one thing, one person, you. Prayer only changes one person, and that's you. Jesus just wants to transform your heart. But he cannot change what he does not receive from us. He can't. So today, as we celebrate the Magi, Herod remains seated on his red vel velvet cushion. The Magi continue on their thousand-mile trek. Herod is not curious enough to join them for the final five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to see for himself. It is not recorded in any, that any of the authorities went to the Magi in search of for the child Christ. It was the pagan astrologers who sought and found him. Question we can ask ourselves, that, am I empty Herod, divorced from God, unwilling to make the move of giving control of my heart over to Jesus? Or am I the foreigner, the pagan, the most base in the eyes of the religious authorities, who was received with open hands by the newborn king and taken up into adoration. Forever fascinating and flourishing. <laughs>